Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news, along with my good buddy, Michelle Ron, and we are talking about the word of the week. Hello, friend. Yes, we are. Hello. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I know it's always fun when we uh, get to chit-chat together. Um, Beatrice is normally joining us, but as many people may know who listen or follow Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, uh, she felt called by the Lord to take a ministry job down in Georgia, and she drove down there all by herself. First, she drove to Kentucky to see her mm. family, grandkids, and then she made it all the way down to Georgia for her ministry job at DrillSergeantOfLife.com if you want to check on her. Or you can find her, Beatrice Bruner, on Facebook and follow her journey. She puts a lot of great stuff up on her social media. Uh, and uh, we're going to miss her. She's going to continue to join us, but we just have to work out, you know, the logistics of her being on the East Coast and in a new position. So uh, we're praying for her because she's always following the Lord. I mean, she's been, I think, all four corners of the country now except the Southwest. Yeah. I mean, she's gone. She went down to Texas for a while. She was in the Pacific Northwest. She was in Virginia. Spent some time with her dad in New York. And now she's in Georgia. I mean, she since her husband passed away, has really followed the Lord's beckoning all over the country, huh? She certainly has. I mean, and gosh, more power to her because she's she's doing this with the Lord. She's on her own, but she's she is following Him, and I'm I'm in awe. I said, sure. I said to her, I said, is anybody driving with you? Because I was like, boy, if I planned mm-hmm. ahead, I could probably drive with her and fly back. She said, uh, well, I won't be alone. It's just me and the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> And she means it. She means it. It's a real thing. It's not a... It's not just something she says. No, so, yeah. no, she is the real deal. Well, michellearon.com if you want to uh, find Michelle. And she's such a school teacher at heart, even after retirement, <laughs> that she uh, comes up with a word of the week each week. So what's our word this week, Michelle? Our word this week is surge, S-U-R-G-E. And um, I recently attended an event that was called Life Surge, which is where I'm coming with this, but it basically, the, the event was basically about what kind of an impact are we as individuals making around us, and how are we using our time? How are we using our gifts that God has given to each one of us? And I looked up the Latin of, or the, of the word surge means to spring up or to rise, and if we look up in Webster, surge means, which I think is where most of us are familiar with, a sudden powerful forward or upward movement. So my thought is, we have talked about being focused on Jesus, looking up, relying on Him. We evaluated that focusing is a habit of which we practice. It isn't something that comes naturally. In fact, my husband, and Angie knows my husband, and my good friends would know that this statement is true. He looks, he walks across a parking lot, and his eyes are down. And the reason, when if you ask him, because somebody might have dropped a dime or a penny, <laughs> and he'd pick it up. And that's, I mean, that's just him. But it, so for him to focus on Jesus and to look up, that is not something that's going to come naturally. But to surge happens fast. It's sudden, and it may take us by surprise. My point, again, in tying all this together is that there are sure a lot of things happening fast and sudden around us. I mean, look at the news, and lots easily taking us by surprise and and giving us a sense of dwelling on it. And um 
I believe that Satan is just having a party, and he is very, very anxious to get us away from any connection with our Lord and Savior. So I'm suggesting today um, that we, at least myself, I need to think ahead on what may surge quickly around me. In my, in Bob and my particular states, we're in a um, our last journey of our life. We need to be prepared for that. We need to look around. We need to not just haphazardly. And our word a week ago, or a couple weeks ago, was firm, mm-hmm. and standing firmly on our faith. And that's where this surge around me, I have to rely and go back to the faith and rely on Jesus. I answer someone who asks me, how come I believe in a Savior? Am I ready to meet my Jesus? Yes, I am. And then I can tell them why. But that surge can come so unexpectedly that I need to prepare. Mm-hmm. And I would just suggest that I'm not the only one that needs to prepare. So let's keep looking around us and be ready for those things that surge upon us, but also to be looking up and relying on our Jesus. Ta-da. Ta-da. I, I love that. I love that. And when I today, besides your word of the week, I also wanted to just kind of ask you about, um, well, two things, uh, health and grandkids. And, you know, your health has mm-hmm. kept you here for your grandkids. Because how old were you when you had your heart attack? Uh, 55. Okay. So all these years later, you're on the, on the far end of the seventies, right? Am I right, right here? Okay. Oh gosh. Yes. This is the year of 80. This is yes, the, so think about that. Think about how you had the sure. serious heart attack in your fifties. And then right. here you are, um, you know, 25 years later, still alive mm-hmm. and being a great role model for your kids. So how seriously did you take your health after your heart attack? And I know that you had never done, you know, a pageant and that you won the Miss Senior America. <laughs> Um, because you felt that that would be a great platform for you to speak on behalf of the Lord after you know you had your heart attack. So um, mm-hmm. how how seriously did you take your health um, after that heart attack? Because you, you know you told me you used Very. to be heavy, and I've never yeah. known you heavy. Oh, oh, I oh no, I sure was heavy, very seriously. And um, <clears throat> with our insurance company, they give us classes uh, right after the heart. Um, uh, attack and they talk about what things to look for and what you can do and and I'm very I was very aware of my my family history because my dad had a had a heart attack and mm-hmm. so I was aware um, but <laughs> I kid about when I speak um, the word exercise came into my vocabulary for the first time it's probably my least favorite thing to do but it was something that was very important for that heart and so I began walking um, running I do not run but I did begin walking and began thinking about um, things that I had not thought about before. So surely, you know, when we get something that affects us physically and mentally, that's so out of the ordinary that it makes us stop and think and think, okay, what can I do? I'm, I am not going to be a victim. I'm not going to be a, a poor me, um, you know, and sit. I'm going to do the best that I can. But I also relied on Jesus. Oh my goodness. I thought I knew Jesus before the heart attack, but mm-hmm. afterwards was a whole new ball game. I mean, I, truly it was. Truly it was. So, wow. Okay. I'm grateful. I, yeah, that's interesting that you say that you're grateful because it was so life-changing for you. Now, when you say you didn't exercise and here and I know you've had um, you know, some pains here and there, you know, with the walking, etc. Yeah. Are you still able to exercise? 
Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's been, I've kind of been doing kind of, and I say kind of, because I'm not real faithful on water aerobics. And there's oh, so much out there yes. that we can do. Um, and the water doesn't hurt. I am going oh. to have two hip replacements and, and wow. going to have some stuff done. So I'm looking forward. I'm thankful to live in a time that that can be done. Yes. Um, but the water, the water does surely relieve uh, and I don't have the pain in the water that I do when I'm out so wow my mom my mom was your age when she got the two new knees and the new shoulder and she does water aerobics every other day for an hour and she said and she walks over with her walker and brings it's like a boom box you know for the music and she calls it the machine she said yes (laughs) she said I bring the the machine to water aerobics yes so she puts it on her walker and then she Uh you know walks down to the pool it's about a block maybe from my brother's place where she stays. It's like a senior park in Arizona, sure. so it's nice and warm. And so she heads down to the pool and uh, does her water aerobics every other day. And that's her like social, you know, outlet as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm impressed that she does that because, see, that's an effort. That you, is an effort, the fact that she's, she's got to get there. Yes. She's got to walk and she's got to use a walker and and that's terrific. Good for her. Well, and you know, a lot of people are too proud to use a walker or a cane, which you'll have to temporarily use, you know, after right. your, your hip right. surgeries. But um, mm-hmm. my mom, I have to say, she started using cane in her 50s. She's probably like my age. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've never had any knee or hip pain. And I probably lost about 32 pounds. We haven't seen each other in mm-hmm. a while, but I've lost a, a fair yeah. amount of weight. And I've been really diligent about my exercise because, you know, because I showed you my x-ray, I have pretty serious scoliosis. And I just right, don't want right. to be that grandma that can't get around. Right. And the grandma, like my daughter said to me, are you going to be one of those grandmas who hike? <sighs> and I said, well, that's my plan, you know. And so I've been very yeah. lucky. I can still do my 10,000 steps. And I started lifting again and the lifting really has made a difference to me to help support that spine you know and um i feel so much better when i'm lifting and i'm not talking like i used to lift at gold's gym in venice i just get on some machines and i do about 20 minutes of lifting and i have to tell you michelle it is life-changing even if you only you know do your upper body and i just sit on the machine and i'll do my shoulders and i'll do my arms and it might be something for you to consider because it has given me it's invigorating when you Mm -hmm. i mean with just within a few weeks i just feel so much stronger and so much more upright and more energy and just that is it i feel invigorated kind of just by the Mm -hmm. strength that i because my muscles have a memory of when i used to lift a lot yes yeah yeah my yeah and I, for the listeners that are out there that are not able to do steps or to um, they they must be in a wheelchair or they must be in something sedentary, they their attitude will make everything. You still can make a difference with people around you. And um, you know, my <laughs> my dearest friend and I, we started talking about this ache and that ache and her ache and her ache, this here and there, and we finally just said, okay, stop. We are not going to talk body parts. That's all there is to it. We're just not. You know, we can do it for a minute or so, but we're not going to focus on it because every single one of us can think of a person that that's their that's their whole focus yes. is on their doctors. And, and, and that's easy to do. Yes. I understand how that happens, but it becomes so internal. And it just, at least for me, it affects the attitude and how negative I can feel after talking about where I heard here and there. I can't do this. I can't do that. But I'm going to focus on Jesus. If this is my thorn, 
if this is my thorn that he's given me, then Lord, help me to deal with it. Show me how to move past it and do whatever it is that you have me here for your kingdom. Well, and it's just so much of so much of him and me and and you and your savior. It's just a I just can't emphasize that enough. I really can't. Well, I talk to you every week, and you didn't bring it up to me for a good year into your pain. So you're not talking about it as much as you think you are. All right, we have a little bit over a minute left. I wanted to talk about how do you, your grandkids, you have such a great relationship. And how how many perfect ones do you have? Five perfect? Five. Five perfect. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) We all have perfect grandchildren. Yeah. I just love my kids. All right, so we've got a minute left. How, um, How are you a good role? model for them? What do you consciously do to be a good role model for them? Um, uh, Communication. I pray. I'm so thankful for texting because texting is their language and it's an easy way to um, say, hey, thinking about you today, know the Lord loves you and I do too. And then I have have letters and it's it's the first letters for and don't you ever forget it. And I always Mm. put that on the text. Um, and, and then my other thing that I have tried to do when I remember, I end with make a great choice today. I know you'll make a great choice today. Something I, like that. I love because that. I love that. Are so important. So well, I, important. I say that to my kids a lot, too, because of you. And I have to say, as teenagers, I think they're making some pretty good choices. So thank you for good. your guidance. MichelleAron.com. Oh, love you, friend. Love you, too. And make a great choice today, everybody out there. Love you, too. Brush is locked into the mighty 670 KLT. Arc Thrift needs your small furniture and electronics donations now. You can donate that end table or folding chair you've been meaning to find a new home for. Smaller-sized furniture that can fit in your trunk and home goods like blenders and air fryers are items that ARC badly needs right now. They make it easy by unloading your car, and your donations help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, the primary mission of ARC Thrift. ARC has high demand for small electronics like speakers, soundbars, Bluetooth speakers, and turntables. And once you donate, you can shop in the stores for your own treasured finds. Each ARC Thrift location has over 5,000 new items every day. So there is always something new and exciting. Every ARC thrift store keeps their shelves fresh with new merchandise, so each new purchase will be special to you. ARC's donation centers are open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Sunday donation hours are available as well. To find the nearest ARC thrift donation center, go to arcthrift.com donations. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin and Grace Fox here with the good news. We're talking about a couple of her devotions. I found one in Finding Hope in Crisis that I want to talk about, and you found one as well. So let's start. Let's start with mine. Guard your mind. Welcome to you, Grace. Yeah, thank you so much, Angie. It's always good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. So what's this story about, this uh, devotion about guard your mind? Yeah, guard your mind. Boy, I had had a really difficult conversation with a family member um, this one day. And oh, I remember coming back because it was this was a difficult relationship. It wasn't just one difficult conversation, it was just a difficult relationship overall. And so I came back to the house, and as I pulled up into my driveway, uh, I, just, I just heard this voice in my head a thought that came into my head that said, do your family a favor. Just drive away and never come back. 
And then that thought came into my head, they'll be better off without you. And I just thought, ah, you know, it cut to the core. But I recognized immediately that that kind of a thought did not come from Christ. It was not a thought that was based on truth. And it was like, it just, even the voice sounded ugly, you know? And I thought, that voice comes from the very pit, and I am not going to listen to that. And that's where that devotion came from, was the importance of guarding our mind against those thoughts that will pop into our head. Um, and it may be because, there, you know, it comes on the heels of a really difficult conversation or a, whatever, but it, it's there, and we have to decide in that instant what we're going to do with that. Are we going to let it stay and entertain it, or are we going to say, no way, like, you don't belong here, get out. Yeah, I um I love the idea of guarding your mind, and I think it's so um, uh, convenient, not current, uh, I should say, in our lives because of the kids, you know, all being in high school and they're just starting to um, date the the junior and the senior are just starting to date and you know going to parties and Halloween parties and just seeing what's out there. This is like all new for them. And my son said, um, I, told, I was telling another friend of mine on the radio this this week, um, Mom, if um, parents only knew what their kids were doing and uh, I was like wow and then when I said well th- there are a couple of these parents that I know a little I wouldn't say I'm really good friends with them and he said mom here's the deal if you say something to these parents at that party that I went to with this big group of friends um, I'll be I'll be kicked out of the friend group like there's I, I, I will not be friends with some of them and some of them you know we do really like one of them we go to uh, two of them we go to church with and youth group and this that and the other but they're in this group of friends as well and he said it's parents' responsibility to b- keep track of their own kids, know what their kids are doing. And he said, so for me to share everything and all these details with you, because he lets me know like who's drinking, <clears throat> who's smoking. He's always the designated driver, of course, when he's in a group of people. Um, one time they had a limo, you know, and they were going to homecoming in the last few weeks, too, when there was alcohol and blah, blah, blah. He said, look, it's not your res- my responsibility to tell you and then have you tell all the parents and then me have no friends. He said, it's the parents' responsibility to keep track of their kids. Now, there is one parent in the group that I'm good friends with and I tell her everything but the other here's the grace this is where I run into uh, problems I'm not good friends with some of these parents and I have had experience in the past where I have gotten into someone else's business uh, in an attempt to try to help their child or them and it has not been received well so I tend to and this may not sound like a responsible parent I tend to agree with my son that I don't know that I will be welcomed by them giving them information about their kids. And for all I know, a couple of these parents, I think are fine with their kids drinking. I legit do because I know what they do on the weekends. So um, I'm going to honor him in his request because he does share so much with me. But he knows that there is one mom in the friend group that is basically my best friend and that I'll tell her everything. But she protects my identity so the three times I've gone to her and said that one of her children is doing something or posting something I don't think she would find appropriate, um, that it's never gotten out that it was like my family that quote unquote narked, you know, because that's so frowned upon. But it's a, you know, you've got kids and grandkids. It's a sticky situation. And when I get involved, nine times out of 10, it has not gone well for me or my kids. So how do you have to guard your mind in a situation like that? What do you do to guard your mind? What are the thoughts that come into your mind and what do you do about it? 
Okay, well, first of all, some of these outfits the kids are wearing for Halloween costumes this year are really, really inappropriate. Like, I didn't know there was a sexy mailman or a sexy UPS driver or there's like Playboy bunnies and Hooters girls and, you know, 16, 17-year-old kids. I mean, maybe it's just that's none of my business right there. And then I'm responsible for how my kids are dressing, which I'm mm-hmm. really well aware of. You know, and I may sound naive, but they, I'll be honest with you, I have them spy on each other. They're all on each other's social media. We have their locations, not only on my app, their father's app, but also on their like Snapchat or whatever. They each have each other's locations. So we always know where they are and we gen- and we know who they're with because, you know, one of them in particular is picked up. But, you know, my son also drives the girls around a lot. But um, so guarding my mind, I, I do think the whole birds of a feather flock together thing is a pretty true statement. But my son says, here's the problem, mom. So many of these kids are vaping and drinking. You know, and my, and my husband said, Riley, there are good kids out there for you to meet and date. They, 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 they are out there. You know, you just have to be very choosy, you know, and just get to know people as friends first. So how am I guarding my mind? I feel pretty comfortable with how I raised them and their decisions and their grades and their sports. And I mean, for goodness sakes, three hours a day, they're on a court or training or doing something. And one of them, we don't even allow to use the phone more than like an hour a day. So she's not getting distracted there, that one. So I know I feel pretty comfortable with how I'm raising them. Yes. Do I want to like tell other parents everything their kids are doing? Kind of, but... I'm telling you, Grace, some parents are okay with it, and they're not, I'm not well-received. <laughs> yeah. I think in today's day that we're living in, we have to keep going back to the Word of God and say, what does He tell us to think on? So when you're talking about these teenage kids dressing in these sexy costumes and all the rest of that, uh, you know what, we have to guard our minds by filling them with the truth of the Word of God, and the truth says to think on things that are right and good and true and honorable and that type of thing. And so what are we doing with our kids as well? Like, are we as parents teaching our kids to fill their minds with what is good and right and true? Or are we allowing our kids, even as Christian parents, are we allowing our kids to fill their minds with whatever the culture says is appropriate and what goes? Um, and that's, that's what it boils down to is, are we living by the truth? Or are we living by cultural mores? Whatever goes, goes. Yeah, right. And that's where we run into trouble. So if, we're, if we are, as adults, filling our minds with whatever culture says is okay, we're in trouble. But we're also going to just be teaching that to our children. So let's bring it back. Bring it back. What does the truth say? What do we fill our minds with? How do we guard our minds? Because as our thoughts go, so go our beliefs. Whatever we believe in, our behavior is going to reflect that. And that's going to determine the outcome. And so like, even and it's not just raising teenagers. I was at a, at a community. It's called Family Friendly Community uh, Halloween event with my daughter and her children this weekend because she wanted to do that. It was at a museum of all places, like a train museum. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, they had a train, like about four cars long, an ancient thing that we could board and walk through the cars. And I thought, well, that'll be kind of fun. Let's go. So my daughter was standing in line waiting for a ride, you know, waiting for us to go on a little ride, a little mm-hmm. teeny train around the grounds. Right? Mm-hmm. She was saving our spot. So I took the two-year-old and the four-year-old and she's off we went. We climbed the stairs, got into this train car and a passageway was 
maybe 18 inches wide, right? And people in front and people behind. So once you were on, you were on. There was no turning back. And the first car, dining car, and there's a witch's head on the counter and a chopped off hand and there's blood and gore everywhere. And then it went into the sleeper car and on every bed, it was like bloodstained sheets and limbs cut off. And it was the most disgusting thing. My two-year-old grandson said, oh, grandma, that's scary. My four-year-old granddaughter behind me goes, grandma, this is too scary. And I said, close your eyes, just close your eyes and I will get you through this. And, and that's how I got her through this family-friendly thing, right? Mm-hmm. I was so disgusted when I got out there. There was no break between the cars to get off. You had to go through the whole length of this thing. And so, you know, with their eyes closed, I got them through this. But, but I don't want my little ones those kinds of thoughts embedded in their brains. They mm-hmm. don't need that. They're mm-hmm. children. And, you know, guard your mind. And so it's where we go, what we watch, it's who we talk with, who we hang out with, what all of those things play into guarding our mind because as our beliefs go, so go our behaviors, and that determines the outcome of our life. That's why it's so important to guard <coughs> our mind. You know, it's interesting because I'm told all of this stuff through my friends. Like, if you look at your phone right now, um, those are the two pictures my daughter sent me of three girls. Those are acquaintances of ours. One plays a sport with one of my kids and the others they just know through school. And so they send me this stuff because they're appalled. But I'm also trying to watch them to make sure they don't become judgmental because we don't know what the situation is at home for these kids that are drinking, vaping doing drugs and uh, and dressing like the photos I sent you. So, um, yeah, and that came from my 16-year-old. She sent me those. Those are, again, acquaintances. Um, but I've met one of those girls like, I don't know, 10 times. You know, I did various uh, athletic events, et cetera. And so um, I just want to make sure that they're also empathetic that other people have to go through their own journey to get to where they want to go and they might not have... Um, the same kind of parenting. My, and I'm not saying my parenting is great. Believe me, I've got plenty of flaws. We do way too much yelling at our house that we're working on. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I want them to be not so judgmental about other kids that are maybe going down a different path than they are. That's not to say that I want them hanging out with them, but to be a little more compassionate maybe is my thought. Mm-hmm. To show compassion, but... Um We've got to understand, too, that the brains of young people aren't even fully developed until they're in their early 20s and how influential um, society is on the values that they're shaping and all. But if we can help them understand, like you said, that maybe they don't have the same kind of parenting at home and, um, you know, just help them understand these are not the values that we embrace in our family. I've heard of families even writing out value statements and then framing them, putting them on the wall, like getting them printed up with beautiful calligraphy and putting them on the wall. So not something you just go buy at a, at a Hobby Lobby or a Michael's store, because right. you could probably do that, buy those kinds of things. But sit down as a family and say, what are our values? Uh, how are we going to spend our time? How are we going to spend our money? How are we going to learn to give generously to those in need? How are we going to treat other people who don't share the values that we share, you know, to ask questions like that. And that's another way to guard our children's minds without them becoming judgmental. But said, this is what we stand for in our family. Yeah, and, I, um, I like that. Um, I'm going to write that. We sometimes do things at night where we have like a, you know, a, a learning moment or, you know, a little family meeting. We probably have the kids are always like, oh, family meeting. Like you're not in trouble, but um, 
I like the idea this is what we stand for. Maybe have the kids go over some of that tonight since they're seeing so much more now than they've ever seen in the past because, you know, one is driving and they're going places and hanging out with people and starting to date. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great idea. All right, Grace, where do we go to find you and all your books? All right, so my website is www.gracefox.com. Gracefox.com. Social media. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Facebook too. Yep, Grace Lowen Fox is my personal timeline, but my professional page is Grace Fox, Christian author, speaker. Awesome. Thank you so much, Grace. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT.